Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. So good to see you. It's so good to be with you. And uh, it's so nice to be back in the saddle and preaching this weekend. So I want first want to say thank you to everyone who sent the well wishes. God bless you. Thank you for giving us encouragement and uh, prayers. Those are meaningful and powerful, and we just appreciate it very much. I want to also give you a reminder about CORE. This Wednesday at 630, uh, we're going to have a Zoom CORE session, and we're going to start CORE. It's the CORE expressions of our faith. What does a Christian express? What is the outcomes of our faith when we walk with God and walk in His Spirit. And so that teaching is going to start this uh, Wednesday at 6.30. So if we don't have your email address, please send it to us so that we can make sure that you get an invite to uh, join us on Zoom. It's going to be a great teaching. It'll be a great time of us growing together in our faith. We've been in this series called Wait, What? And this this series has been significant in the sense that we want to bolster our faith. We want to bolster who we are as Christians, believing that God can do anything, that nothing is too hard for God. See that? Nothing is too hard for God. And we want to make sure that we're focusing our hearts on the idea that when we start inviting our friends and family and co-workers to church, when we start becoming a witness and a testimony, we're doing more than um, just making an invite. We're asking God to work miracles. We're asking God to intervene, to enter the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness. And that's the meat and potatoes of this entire uh, series called Wait, What? Because we are going to be asked to do things that don't make sense. Sarah and Abraham were asked to to have a baby at 100 years old, and it happened. Gideon was asked to defeat the Midianites, 135,000 of them, with 300 people. Uh, We we found out that um, Andrew and Philip invited their brothers and, and friends to see Jesus, who was the Messiah. And that was a wait what moment, because... It was an invite to see somebody that was the answer to the world. Last week, um, Pastor Dwayne talked about David and Goliath and the power of that story and the wait what moments of it. <coughs> Excuse me. So wait what is about the revelation that nothing is too hard for God. All he needs is willing people to act in faith and obedience to him. That's all he needs. That's all he needs is people that are willing to act in faith and obedience to him. Well, this week, I want to share a story with you (coughs) about a lady that is desperate. And I don't know about you, but have you ever come to that point where you're like, how's this going to work out? There's just no way this is, this is, I, I can't see a way out of this. I can't see the solution to the problem. Maybe it's a debt load. Maybe it's a, a sickness or a healing or um, all those kinds of things. Pardon me while I every once in a while have a little tickle in my throat <clears> that makes me want to cough. So too often we don't see this way out. Too often we don't see a, a solution to the problem. And I think too often we think that we are the solution to the problem. That we don't speak it out because we think it's not going to happen. We don't speak it out or the need because we can't see or imagine a solution. And uh, too often that happens in our lives where um, we 
don't want to see the solution for another person's life or uh, a situation or our marriage or our finances or uh, our kids, no matter what, we tend to kind of avoid making the need known because we just don't see any way of it coming about. And I think that's a dangerous way of, of handling life. It's a dangerous way of going at our, our circumstances, especially when we have a God where nothing is too hard for him. And so here we have this story in 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. And it's a short story. It's a, a story about this lady um, <clears throat> who you'll realize ha has a desperate need. And in 2 Kings verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 1, it says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. This was a woman who was uh, the wife of a prophet, and she hung out with this group of prophets, this company of prophets, it says. And he has passed away. And during his lifetime, he has accrued some debt. And um, in, in the culture of the, uh, of the Bible, we find that the, what was allowed is if you owed somebody money and you couldn't pay them back, they had the right to come and make you their slave. Uh, uh, and, and so you would end up uh, becoming their slave. Now, in this case, because the husband was passed away, the two sons could become the slave. And th you can see how desperate this is. But here's the interesting part of it. She's part of this company of prophets. And I, I like this because I think when we hang out with people of faith, it's often solutions of faith that will come about. It's often solutions of faith that will come about. In other words, she was hanging out with um, the prophets and Elisha was one of them. And she cries out to him, <coughs> He's a lead prophet, and he's saying simply, um, help, help, let me help you. Let me understand what's going on. And so the story continues, and Elisha says this to her. How can I help you? How can I help you? Tell me what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. So She's hanging out with a company of prophets, she, uh, people of faith, and she calls out to this man of faith named Elisha. Elisha is a prophet of prophets. I mean, this guy was brought up underneath Elijah, who did amazing things, amazing miracles um, in the name of God and for the glory of God, and was blessed by, uh, was blessed by Elijah to become the next prophet following Elijah. And so Elisha is now the prophet. And, and when we hang out with the right people, we get the right solutions. When we hang out with the wrong people, we get the wrong solutions. When we listen to the wrong people, we don't have hope. We don't have something that's, that's powerful in our hearts and our lives. But when we do hang out with the right people, then we can pray. Then we can believe. Then they are going to believe. Even if we don't have it in us, somebody else might have it in them. <clears throat> and so Elisha says, uh, how can I help you? Tell, tell me what do you have in your house? And isn't it interesting? The first thing she says is, your servant has nothing at all. She said, nothing at all. She's, in, in her mind, the solution isn't there. And you guys, I believe very strongly that too, too many times we 
think of our, our problems and we look at our issues and we think of the, the, the challenges that we face or the people that we, that we love and care about and we don't see the solutions. And we would say the same thing. There's nothing there. There's no way this is going to happen. And then she said, accept. Accept a small jar of olive oil. I think we need to live in the accepts. I think we need to live in this, in this place where we understand that it doesn't take anything for God to do something, but if there's something, the smallest little thing, the tiniest little bit, the, the little bit of oil, the little bit of money, the little bit of time, <coughs> the little bit of energy that, that we need for God to do something, if it's there, then we need to bring it to the Lord. We need to bring it before God. And in this case, when, when Elisha says, how can I help you? Her immediate response was, there's nothing. I don't have anything. <clears throat> and then her, her second response is accept. What's the accept in your life? What's the accept in your situation? Uh, I have a, a, a debt and I have a, a little bit of savings. I have a debt or I have a, a, a marriage problem, but we have this little bit of communication that can happen. There's this accept, there's these accept moments that in our lives we need to embrace and we need to hold on to because it doesn't take anything or much for God to do something miraculous, miraculous. And so this idea of, of understanding that there's something there that God can do uh, with that we can't imagine him doing is, is a really powerful thought. And I believe that right now you are being challenged to believe rather than doubt. Believe rather than doubt because there's an accept in your life. There's something that you can hang on to. There's something that you can bring to the Lord. And so in verse 3, Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. I love that statement because he's saying, don't go little. Think big. Think big. Think beyond what you think you need. Think beyond. And um, he's asking her to participate in a miracle. And she's like, wait, what? Wait, you, you want us to go get jars? What are we going to do with jars? We only have this tiny bit of oil. We're not going to fill up jars. And, um, <clears throat> and so then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into the jars and as each is filled, put it to one side. So he's saying, you're going you're gonna to collect all these jars and with this little bit of oil, this except amount, you're going to start pouring. And I, I think it's just amazing that um, in this context, we see Elisha saying to uh, her, don't ask for just a few jars. Ask for many. Get as many as you can. Don't think small. This is something that we tend to do in our faith is we shrink God instead of realizing that there's nothing that can, that can exceed the capacity of God. He's able to do beyond what we could ever ask, think, or imagine, the Bible says. And so um, <clears throat> he, he says, uh, go in and shut the door. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, and so in verse 5, she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. 
But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. <clears throat> now I, wanna, I want you to imagine this. This is just crazy. This is a crazy story because, first of all, she left and shut the door. <coughs> Excuse me. I tell you, that catches me right in the middle of a sentence. I know it sounds funny, so feel free to laugh uh, when I do that. But um, she left and she shut the door. Isn't it amazing? There, there has to be an action to our faith. If there is no action to our faith, we can pray, we can pray, we can pray. But if there's nothing that we're activating, if there's nothing that we're stepping out on, if there's nothing that we're doing to obey God, in the context of this, then uh, what a crazy experience it can be. And so <clears throat> uh, she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. What an, a crazy experience it had to be to take this little jar that she had. Remember, it was just a little bit of oil except a small, small jar of olive oil. And she <clears throat> begins to pour and she begins to pour. And this little jar becomes a fountain of oil. A fountain of oil. Can you believe what God wants to do in our lives when we take this little thing and we begin to pour it out and we begin to, in faith, believe that God is doing a miracle. And he does that miracle by pouring out that. I, I don't know how this is going to play out in each of your situations, but I do believe that what God is calling us to as a church, as individuals, is to act in faith, to believe that God is able to do what we cannot do, to believe that this little accept piece that we have in our lives, this little uh, uh, savings account, this little uh, communication that we have with our spouse, that we think our marriage is over, whatever the case may be, God is ready to do something powerful in your life right now because of this little bit. And, but we must do something with it. We must start talking to our spouse. We must give faithfully in our tithes and our offerings. We must do something to show that God we believe and we don't doubt and we have confidence in you. And active faith is the most powerful faith. Here's what James 2 says. It says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. Or if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and, and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, is, <clears throat> if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. It's dead. It doesn't have any value. It doesn't do anything. We must do something. And I want to encourage you today, God is calling all of us to do something. You want to believe that your friend, your coworker, your family member can be saved. We must tell them about Jesus. We must do something to show them that Jesus is alive and well and capable of bringing health and salvation to their lives. And if we don't do that, we won't see them saved. We won't see them come to, to faith in Christ. We won't see that happen. And I believe God is calling us to a new level of faith today. So this lady kept pouring and pouring and pouring. And, and as she was, this fountain of oil came out. I don't know what that must have been like. Can you imagine that her and her two sons just going, when's it going to stop? And as soon as they got to the last jar and she asked for the next jar, it stopped. 
When there wasn't another jar, it stopped. And what the Bible says this, she went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. God provided for the debt so that the sons didn't have to become slaves. God provided miraculously for that debt, and now they have enough to live on for the rest of their lives. That's the impression I get from this scripture. God wants so much for you and me to experience him on a new level, on a level that says, I believe in the miraculous. I believe in the powerful. I believe in the almighty God who is capable of doing something that we can't think of. Remember when I said, (coughs) we see our, We see our problems too often through a lens of there's no way. It can't happen. I don't understand how this could even work ever. I don't know how God could even bring it about. And it's not for us to understand how God could bring it about. How can we believe or how, how could this lady ever understand that God could fill all these jars with this little jar of oil? How could Abraham believe that he could have a baby at 100 years old? How could Gideon believe that that 300 people could defeat 135,000? How can David believe that he, a little teenager, could go and defeat Goliath? You guys, we have an opportunity to believe for something miraculous. (coughs) How can Journey Church have an impact a, 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 a revival impact on this county? How can Journey Church Ventura have a revival impact on this area, on this world where we make a difference and we see hundreds of people come to Christ? How can we? By activating our faith. The Bible tells us that we are to be witnesses, to be storytellers of who Jesus is and invite people to Jesus. And when we do that, we do it in faith. I believe God's going to do great things. I believe in your circumstance. Right now, you're feeling as though, oh, this isn't going to get any better, or, oh, this isn't going to go my way. I don't see a way out of this. I've gotten myself in too big of a hole. I'm captivated by this, (coughs) this problem, this addiction, this challenge. Whatever it is, God is bigger than it. God is greater than it. And God is giving you a sense of direction to do something right now. And to believe that he is going to set you free from your bondage, from your debt, heal your marriage, heal your body, uh, deliver your kids, set up your home, and get our faith moving in the right direction. And this is the power of, wait, what? Because the moment you act out your faith, the moment you do something, it goes from dead faith to alive faith. And alive faith is when God moves. And when God makes a difference, (coughs) excuse me, let me take a little sip. This is not a miracle to be turned into a theological way of doing things. In other words, um, sometimes people want to, okay, that's the way to do it. Let's just uh, all go get jars and put them in our homes and and start filling jars up with oil. That's not what this is about. This is a miracle to show us the very nature and character of God. This is a miracle that shows us how God wants to engage with you and me and through you and me. 
<clears throat> it's a miracle about how God wants to do amazing, absolutely incredible things for the kingdom of God. And I believe today when we are reading this story, we need to be motivated to believe like this woman and put ourselves around people that are people of faith, people that believe with you. Elisha was a prophet, much like her husband was, and, and <clears throat> he gave her direction and guidance based on what he felt the Holy Spirit was telling him. And the end result was a powerful, powerful uh, tr reality or revelation of who God is. And so I want to encourage you today. The God of, uh, of Elisha's day is no different than the God of our day. The God of, of Elisha's moment and this woman's moment to see oil come out of that little bottle is no different from then to now. And I want to believe that God is going to do miracles in your life. I want to believe that God is going to work something beyond our imagination. And so will you pray with me? God is all-powerful. God is able to do above and beyond what we could ever ask or think. Nothing is too hard for God. He cares. He cares about you. He cares about our world. He cares about everyone who has yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness. What do we need to do? We need to hang out with faith-filled people. We need to hang out with people that will pray with us and believe with us and, and guide us and direct us. We need to speak up about our needs. <clears throat> we need to make them known. It's okay. It's okay to be needy because God is the one who meets those needs and he knows what you need. We need to do what we know to do or have been told to do. Act in faith. Don't let our faith be dead because there is no deed that follows our faith. We can pray, we can pray, we can pray, we can pray. But if we don't do something, if we don't activate our faith, then it stays dead and God will do the rest. God will do amazing things in your life. And I just want to pray with you right now that God will work a miracle, that God will begin to motivate us from the inside out and we can see amazing things happen. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I pray right now that the power of your Holy Spirit will enter into every home, every heart, every mind, every spirit, and you would begin to motivate our faith to act like we've never acted before, to believe like we've never believed before, to see what we've never seen before. <clears throat> I believe you're calling us, Lord, to the power that you've promised us, that you would pour out your power in us to be witnesses to those around us so that we could see lives changed, homes delivered, marriages healed, up. Uh, <clears throat> needs met. Lord, we believe that you're calling us to believe for something that we honestly just doubt at times. And so Lord, I pray right now for the, the, the desperate heart, the desperate situation, the desperate circumstance. There's some that have COVID. There's some that are, are struggling financially. There's some that are marriages are struggling. There's, there's lives that, that are wanting to go further than they've ever gone before in their faith. And Lord, I pray that you elevate our faith and help us to get where we want to be and where you want us to be in obedience to you. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you have your way and we give you thanks and praise for it. We give you all the glory and we know that great things are coming 
to each individual that activates their faith. Great things are coming to Journey Church Ventura, who is activating our faith, and we believe for great things. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Now, one last thing. If you are a guest of ours today, or you're someone who has yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness, and today it's because you become aware that you need Jesus in your life, we just want to encourage you. There's, there's a simple prayer that you can pray. And one is to confess your sin, to believe that God, the work that he did on the cross, set you free from the sin that's in your life. And secondly, to believe that he was raised from the dead, that he is alive and well, and today promises you and me eternal life. And the Bible says if we confess with our mouth that he is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. And so I want to pray with you just a short prayer for salvation. God, Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me that I have made mistakes and separated my, my, my heart from yours. And I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And I confess my sin and accept your forgiveness of my sin. And I believe that you were raised from the dead and today promised me eternal life. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. <clears throat> and I thank you for allowing me to be a part of the family of God. So I accept you now as my Lord and Savior and commit to follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also.